The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Hello and welcome to Barron's Live with Financial News here in London. I'm Justin Cash, online editor, and if you, like me, are constantly asking what on earth is going on with crypto regulation, you're in the right place. The rulebook is evolving rapidly, but so are the scammers. It's Matthew Long's job to root them out and make sure investors aren't too badly harmed. I'm absolutely delighted that the FCA's Digital Assets Director can join us today. Matthew, why don't you start by telling us what exactly is the state of play for crypto regulation as it stands? What what are the rules? Yeah, hi, Justin, and thanks very much for uh, taking the opportunity uh, to let me talk you through some of the bits and pieces. Um, so in terms of the regulation in the UK, we have a registration regime right now, uh, which is for exchanges and custody. So uh, those that move crypto, those that um, you know, keep crypto, um, and it's for anti-money laundering, so stopping people moving uh, money in bad ways, and then also it's for counter-terrorism finance, so you know, not helping terrorism. So we have the registration regime, um, and if you want to operate from the UK and you're based in the UK, you have to apply, and that was the process we've been going over uh, the last couple of years. Currently, as of today, there's 41 firms uh, that are registered um, and I'm happy to you know, talk you through what that process is but that's the current state of regulation where we're going next though is we've got the possibility of a financial promotions regime and then we've also got wider regulation so there's a, a consultation that will come where effectively we will describe what could the rulebook of the future be and where do we plan to go at the moment, how do you think you're striking the balance between allowing innovation that might help consumers and making sure that the market's watchdog stops rogues getting in? All right, so there's, there's a couple of bits here. So you know, the FCA's position is that, you know, technology, we're agnostic about it. And, and it's important that we use technology to help the consumer. So there's some great things about potential distribution uh, ledger technology and blockchain where you might be able to save some money. You might be able to make the market safer. And that's a good thing that, you know, that's our position. Um, of course, what we are seeing is significant amounts of harm. Um, so approximately one in 10 people, mostly younger people in the UK are uh, saying they have crypto. But what we are seeing is huge volumes of money laundered huge volumes, billions of pounds. And we're also seeing an awful lot of consumers actually telling us that they've lost all the money. So we've had almost a fourfold increase this year um, in terms of the people that report to us are saying, it's gone wrong for me, what can I do? And the answer is nothing. Um, because ultimately, once that money's gone, you've lost it. So that's why you'll keep hearing our message around, you know, be prepared to lose all your money. That that is a message that the FCA has has put out pretty consistently. Don't invest in crypto if you don't want to lose all of your money. But why do you think that hasn't 
struck home, as you said, there's there's still so many people who who are piling in and losing it. You know, it's a really interesting question. Um, you know, there is some element about um, what we see. So where are the sort of, for example, financial promotions taking place? Well, you see an awful lot through social media. Mm-hmm. And, and also what you're also seeing is what is commonly referred to as like the gamification. So it's almost as if you get your links, you know, your journey into crypto, a little bit of an experience, a little investment here. But then suddenly what you're at a point is you get to the end of that journey. And if your money has gone, you can't recall it. So it's a little bit, it, there is, as I said earlier, it's a younger market in the main. I'm not saying it totally is, but in the main, that's what our research shows us. So in summary, I'd say it, it, my, my reflections are it's about that gamification, social media and how we're seeing it. So what we've got in place are InvestSpar and ScamSpar, which are things where we try and take the, the, the consumer through to say how you avoid getting played, getting scammed. Yeah. But if it is just, you know, people essentially playing games and being promoted by influencers, should the FCA be looking to come further into the market? Or or is it a case of saying, look, on, on your own heads, on your own head, be it, not, we shouldn't be regulating any of this space? Now, what I care about and what the FCA care about consumers and their journey, our job is to respond to their journey and try and look in front of what, what might happen in the future. Um, So that's why we have invested in, for example, uh, staff to help describe what a good regime might look like. Um, Also, it's consumer choice. It's not for me to decide what people do. It's for me to try and make it as safe as possible and respond to the laws that are given to me as a regulator and interpret them. So it's really important that we um, do that appropriately. So my my answer to that is... um, we are a democratic society we will respond to the laws and i will look at where consumers are telling us what they're doing and where they're getting it wrong at the moment people are following financial promotions losing their money and they're reporting to us and that's what we're trying to avoid you've been building that that team um, since you joined last year how much have you been able to learn from best practice at other regulators obviously um the mika framework in the eu is advancing pretty swiftly the sec has its own thoughts on uh, on the digital assets space what's the collaboration like with those people yeah i mean i think you that's, it's a brilliant question because the solution or part of the solution to how we regulate uh digital assets has got to be an international solution mm-hmm. it's an international problem it's an international opportunity so you need an international solution so we as the fca have stepped into the international space i've taken over as the chair of the digital assets working group and what we're working with, so that's in IOSCO, so the International Securities Commission, and taking on that role is about us having a international voice on behalf of the UK, but also listening to other regulators. So what have we learned? It's a great question. Well, through that, for example, a couple, a couple of weeks ago, we were with Mika in Paris talking through about what they've learned, and then uh, we're shortly uh, joining our US counterparts to do exactly the same thing. The IOSCO workers take an approach of, what are the principles that we see across all of other um, uh, sort of established markets and can we apply them to crypto? So that's the exercise we're doing. Um, and we will, we're working through a report now through that board. We'll publish that for consultation. And so for people who are listening to me now, right, when we publish that consultation, give us a view. What we're trying to do is find solutions to problems uh, rather than describe the problems for ourselves. So that's why we're going to consultation internationally as well as uh, domestically. 
are you worried about regulatory arbitrage that you you risk not having perfect coordination here so it going to even less regulated jurisdictions to set up new crypto houses and then coming in and targeting the uk and there's not a lot the fca can do about that of course i'm worried about regulatory arbitrage because it's a hole in the system mm. um but what i'm more worried about is consumers uh making a decision which means that they lose everything so that's why we've got to have the international collaboration um i don't care where in the world it is what i care about is making sure that it's safe so that's why we as a and i don't mean that flippantly i mean it quite straightforwardly i want to work with other regulators so that we don't have these safe spaces for criminality um if billions of pounds are being laundered through crypto and that is you know let's put that into context that is drugs money off the streets of yeah. the uk that is gun money from the U uh, streets of the uk if we're seeing that going through and it's going around the world that's not a good thing for anybody so that's why we've taken this step to be part of the international community as well as uh, safeguarding the requirements in the uk can you play that safeguarding role when the political environment is very much london has to be a fintech hub and we're going to be a world leader in crypto so my job is to respond to what government not what government says what government does so so if there is legislation then i'll interpret it create a rule back and make it safe um i'm not a politician it's not if you forgive me on politics what i will do though is say that what the fca is about is innovation so for example our policy sprint asked 200 of uh um firms and they're involved and sort of trade associations etc involved in um uh crypto to come and tell us what they thought the solutions were we've actually used that as some of the bricks that have then created the report that we have with iosco also use that to feed some of the work that we're doing with treasury at the moment so that that uh, regulatory sandbox has, has effectively been the first building block which came from you know the very people that have got the the passion that we've described earlier I may have sounded negative or, or critical on, on crypto for the for the first 10 minutes. So why don't we turn to, to the positives? Have you seen some really good use cases? Where do you think the biggest advantages of getting a prop digital asset scheme in the UK are? So, you know, I, I think what I mentioned earlier is what we have seen in terms of um, the uh technology is that the technology itself gives you opportunity to actually um reduce costs you know and an opportunity opportunity to be global in your approach so um we've seen cross-border payments and we've also got the ability to um uh, create different records so the immutable element of uh crypto means that there's a way that you can check it and test it I mean, there are things that you don't see in other regulatory areas. So I think that's an opportunity. We were starting to get a few questions come in. So thanks so much for that. This one is from Lloyd. With cryptocurrencies, intentional and sustained lack of transparency, is there so much surprise from regulators, investors and the media related to the crypto meltdown? what's the question in there i suppose could we could we have predicted this given that crypto by its nature doesn't exactly have the greatest levels of transparency and purposefully so when you're building decentralized ledgers uh, well so, so you're asking a regulator who is saying there is no regulation other than for a you know smaller amount in, re in relation to anti-money and counterterrorism 
But when there's no regulation, that means there's very little safety, in my view. And, you know, we've said the message is about invest, lose your money. So I think um, the other thing that we see from crypto is volatility. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see a model in terms of the firms that work in it of startups, uh, you know, and then, you know, you know, failing fast as well. So all those things come together to make a model of um, uh, a problematic model, which concerns us. So in short, without regulation, without um, without those sort of proper steps, then, of course, I think we're not surprised in what we're seeing. That does that. But what that does mean, though, Justin, is that being not surprised is not it. That doesn't really matter to me in as much as what I'm worried about is people losing money. What I'm worried about is actually the volatility and how it affects people. So in a time where we are worried about cost of living, every pound matters. So on that basis, every pound mattering, yeah, I am worried about it, which is why we as the FCA have made the investment to say we will help create a sensible uh, regulatory regime and we will listen. I mean, we had you know almost three quarters of the firms that applied to us um, in the uh, the registration regime didn't get through because we didn't they, we didn't think they had the standards that would mean that the consumer ultimately would be safe leaving their money there or, or, or going through their exchange. So that's the approach we're taking. It, it's quite it's quite a robust position, but it means that there's a degree of safety when 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 you've got uh, the registration and also hopefully a later wider regime. Got a uh, another good one in from uh, from our audience. So uh, thanks for that. Uh, this is from Fady. Do you think crypto will replace physical currencies at some point in time? And is it near time? <laughs> I mean, that's a fantastic question. It's one that if I knew the answer to, I'd be able to retire on. Uh, so, so um, I mean, I can't answer yes, no, and actually, it's not probably the right place for a regulator to say that. What I can say is that. Um, we, if we get the opportunity to provide, provide a regulatory regime, we will make it as safe as we possibly can. And to your point about regulatory arbitrage early, working with international partners for that to not be the case. We want to shape digital markets so that ultimately they are as safe as they can be. And, you know, we've seen things like the uh, collapse of FTX. There's some learning from that, where effectively, if you've got, for example, minting coins sitting next to uh, uh, trade and then also, you know, the full journey, that's not really safe because that means you can, you know, the human condition is you can influence. We don't want that. So what we want is a position where ultimately uh, that is done well. How much of this is about having a better relationship with the industry itself to better understand the risks and opportunities. I mean, there's been um, well-documented cases in the past of the FCA asking firms for information and and being very public, saying we're not getting what we need off other people, so we have to assume that that it's not safe. Um, so I'm quite proud of the relationship that I have with all the firms that we supervise. I supervise almost 1,900 firms across the uh, two areas I cover. Um, our firms reach out and help us. The policy sprint is a really good example mm. where, um, you know, almost 200 uh, firms and uh, bodies came together to help us. So um, I think that it, it's a good relationship. Of course, um, we have a role, which is to regulate. Uh, we're not, you know, so, so we need to listen and we need to work together. But ultimately, we have different uh, roles. What I will say, though, is, for example, at the three roundtables we've done in IOSCO, so one in Singapore, we had... Uh, 50% of those people in there 
were from different parts of the industry and in different roles in a different level. So some were quite new, some were quite established. Same uh, the one we recently did in Europe, and then the final one we do uh, in uh, the US will be exactly the same. So we're trying to get a cross section of people to help us. And some of the big names are there, but of course I won't say which ones on this call because it's not fair. But mm-hmm. you know they're there. You obviously have a lot of you know, experience from your your previous work at at UK authorities that deal with you know fraud and crime. How are you finding getting the right talent into the regulator that understands how to deal with such a complicated market? Yeah, so, so it's a good question. I mean. A lot of the challenge of talent is about how you deal with collaboration and how you work together. Um, so I've come from a law enforcement background from the UK Financial Intelligence Unit. But part of the, the power of those relationships is that you um, you know bring lots of different people in. So we, we accept there's got to be a cycle with industry back into us. So we've got secondments, we've got attachments, we've got people coming to help us. We got a lot of people applying at the FCA. So the recent round we saw academia we saw industry we saw law enforcement we saw civil service we saw a real um um a range and i suppose i was had a a sort of departmental meeting today and what i'm really what i want is diversity of thought um, a diversity of background to help ultimately there are certain things that become ceilings so levels of pay etc um you know there are confines that we do so then it's how we collaborate and work with um industry um but the, the door's open for those discussions. So there's lots of different ways to do it. In terms of those teams, do you feel that this is going all the way from the top and bottom to the, F, the FCA, that, that there's a wider interest in crypto than just your smaller unit? I mean, I obviously reference um, Ashley Alder, the incoming chair's comments at the Treasury Committee the other day where um, was, was Sam quite a, a sceptical note <laughs> about crypto, for example. So I was talking to Nikhil yesterday as our ultimate boss, and we were discussing crypto um, in, in a team event. So absolutely, um, is he uh, interested and in, you know providing leadership at one hundred percent? Part of the work that we're doing um, across the FCA is you know I probably say in the last couple of days ten or twelve different areas and a, the similar number of countries and different regulators around the world. So mm-hmm. it, it is something that is on our minds. But it's on our minds because of what we're seeing, which is the harm. And it's on our minds because the volatility point that you said earlier. So, um, I mean, my job's been created for exactly that purpose. And that's why I'm sitting in front of you. So we're making an investment and we're providing the leadership that we feel we should. Stopping those individual investor harms is, is obviously the core role of a conduct regulator like the FCA. But are you worried about systemic risk as well, prudential risk? I mean. For example, with FTX, we haven't really seen that big a contagion on on the wider financial system. But do you think crypto could get to a stage where you also have to be wary of that? So, of course, um, one of the things uh, that we are part of is the Financial System Stability Board. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a a seat on that, and that is its role is to consider um, the systemic risks. So we input into that. it's not for me to give a view here as to whether I think that the contagion or not. What, but what we did after FTX was reached out to the firms which we currently register and tested whether there are risks where we could help the consumer, and we put um, uh, warnings out. So we work really closely 
with the Bank of England. And as you know, um, so my opposite number in the Bank of England's job mm-hmm. is to actually look at um, uh, financial responsibility. Uh, I can never say stability. Financial <laughs> stability. So, yeah, are we part of the the, the feedback loop 100%? Is it our core role? As you know, not. Some more great questions coming in from the floor. Thanks very much. David has a, uh, a fun one. Was the FCA's anti-fraud jingle effective in raising awareness? For those for those unaware, as part of a, a campaign over Christmas, there was a, a, a festive-themed um, musical number that the regulator put out. Maybe Matt wants to talk about that. Uh, so it was a catchy and unusual way to engage with uh, consumers. Um, so... We are trying to be different and we are trying to appeal to a different market. We know that the majority of, um, for want of a better word, investors in crypto are young. A lot of them are male. Um, and we're talking about one in 10 uh, you know, of the population may have some amount. So if uh, if you try and um, if I try and engage in my traditional way of engaging, it's not going to work. So what we're trying to do is find different ways uh, to reach people. That's why I'm here today. I'm here speaking to you, Justin, because I've got to find different ways to have a conversation and show that we're open for business. I mean, um, in my old role, we found that there were certain social media campaigns that work much better, for example, in terms of reduction of firearms or drugs or whatever it might be. So we've got to look at those social media opportunities and also other ways of doing it. Indeed, that was a conversation that Nicole and I had this week about how can we work, for example, with the Department of Education uh, to actually make you know, think about how this is core. Um, so for children growing up, they think about financial uh, safety, whether it's crypto assets, whether it's fiat currency, whatever it might be, that it's actually in their minds. Yeah. You talk about working with the Department for Education. Do you also, with a view to a financial promotions regime coming down the track, need to make it clear where the Advertising Standards Authority and your um, responsibilities overlap? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we work really closely with the advertising standards uh, uh, already. And actually, um, the referrals go to them where we identify things that we feel that should be dealt with. And we've uh, you know, d- done a fair few of those referrals. We also work with the National Cybersecurity Centre in a similar vein. So, um, yeah, I mean, quite straightforwardly, there'll be law uh, or maybe law which we will have a role where we can enforce and implement and issue the warnings as we have uh, in other areas. That will be our role. And then, you know, there'll be the clear you know, steps about what it should look like, what it could look like, that it is, you know, accessible and it's clear. And, you, you know, I mean, you, you know our narratives around this. So in short, yes, we work with the ASA, but I see us working, um, doing our job properly. Now, what I think is important, though, Justin, is that we do it internationally. Yeah. So it's not just about, let, let you know, so that cross-border cooperation I spoke of earlier will be one of the things that we try to move forward on because we have to take a global position on a global problem. A couple more from uh, our audience. Thank you for those. Isabel said, are you anticipating lifting the crypto exchange traded products ban in the UK and allow ETP listings on the LSE? If so, when? Um, so that's definitely something that I can't give a view on uh, on this call. Um, of course, any part of regulation or any decision we're uh, going to make will be uh, published. Um, we know that there's calls for it, and we know that we need to think about it, um, but we haven't got a position where I could give you today. 
understand yeah, this. It's a good question, uh, Isabel, though. So uh, thanks for the question. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, David's got one as well. Are there any examples or potential examples of crypto being used to support those who are currently excluded from mainstream financial services, i.e. the unbanked or those with poor credit, for example? Yeah, so, so this, this is a question um, where we've had some uh, sort of proposals that um, there are examples. I mean, I haven't actually uh, got, to, got to it at the moment. And it's something that we have actively thought about, but I can't give you an example now. I mean, as the FCA, we support any, we, we support where there are, where we're breaking those barriers down because inclusion is critically important to us. But I haven't got some um uh, uh good examples actually what i've got is the opposite i think there are we see a pattern of those that are vulnerable uh being uh th those that lose money so unfortunately particularly around things like suspicious activity reports uh, we are more likely to be uh victims to be uh vulnerable members of our society so um if you know um, if someone can't get banked it's unlikely that they then got the step forward into um um uh, crypto of course, um, there are a number of things that the FCA is supporting, like open banking, where there may be a future where that could be the case, but certainly right now, I can't give you an example. Sure. Just in terms of those those concerns and where you've seen issues raised, you talked briefly about the anti-money laundering registration regime earlier. Can you just give a little bit more context on why the more than 75% of firms didn't make it through? I mean, they can't all be literally <laughs> directly laundering money or or can they how severe is that test no so so it's not that they're laundering money it's just they can't prove to us they've got the controls in place which means that they detect money laundering um and that they also can describe the you know what harm looks like and what response we might take i mean just in five percent of those uh forms were well filled in and give us a really good opportunity uh, the rest weren't, and, I, and, and I've personally reviewed some recently, um, and there are just blank boxes. Um, so it's not that it was um, some of the attempts to fill them in were just not filled in. So uh, what we are doing, though, is that so on average, we're um, authorizing or reviewing, sorry, four applications a month now. So, so the numbers have really dropped. So what we are doing is have an active uh, conversation with those firms and trying to explain to them where the problems are. I mean, we published feedback to industry on the uh, registration this month, and firms can act, you know, firms can see what's gone wrong. So we're trying to give the answers, but ultimately, some of them really did fall far below the standard you would expect. I mean, given that that net has stopped a lot of people coming in, and that's a very you know obvious and public fact, do you see? the crypto sector growing in the UK or actually are people going to look at that and go, oh, hang on, it's a bit tougher to, to get in now. Where do you think future numbers will go based on this regulatory approach? So I can't predict where the numbers will go, but what I say is we'll be fair. Um, so, so, you know, there's a list of things that we're asking people to do and firms to do. And if they do them, they get authorised. And if they do them, they get registered. Uh, we openly publish what those things are. Um, and they are only have two, you know, you know, important purposes: is reducing harm to the consumer and making the market uh, have greater integrity. So um, we're not hiding anything, and we're happy to converse on it. So 
Um, what I will be proud of is if there is a regime in the future in the UK that it is robust and that the UK is a place where we um, innovate, but also where we're safe. You know, we stand ready for increased applications, if, if anything, since um, the initial set of applications, if there is a financial promotions regime, you know, we stand ready to take them. So um, I, we just want it to be a safe and good environment. Would you have the resources to handle a broader crypto policing regime? So, you know, of course, how we're, how we're funded is that, you know, our funds are put against whatever we, we need to. So um, we increase our resources now. We've made a significant investment. Mm. And if there is a regime, then we will then look at where we move and flex our resources. Um, it's a bit of a, a jam tomorrow question, though, because what I actually need at the moment is some legislation and then a, a rule book. Um, and then we'll have a lead in time for that. So it will come down to, of course, um, we're recruiting now. So uh, my, my plug uh, for those that are listening, uh, if you're interested in uh, working with the fabulous team that I've got, then feel free to, you know, come to one of our events to hear what we're doing or have an application um, because, um, you know, you, you know, we, we want that diversity of thought so that we can actually create something that gives those two objectives I said about earlier. Yeah, Matthew. We only have one minute left, and that feels like a, a really good way to, uh, to to round off what you said. So, Matthew, thanks so much for joining us today, and thanks to our audience for tuning in. If you enjoyed that, you'll probably enjoy FN's most influential in crypto list that's coming out later this month. Just email licensing at fnlondon.com for a trial subscription if you aren't signed up to FN already. We'll catch you again tomorrow as Investor Business Daily's Elisa Corum and Justin Nielsen discuss how you can utilize options to your advantage during the earnings season. Thanks again for listening and have a great day. The energy transition is a long and winding road and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.